the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives captives free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give up a chance. Give up your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with a very special guest, Kamal Hubbard. Uh, Kamal is a lawyer by training who is certified in fraud examination, cybersecurity, and decentralized finance. Kamal has spent several years managing research projects at Stanford University and two years conducting individual research on Bitcoin and blockchain technology before entering into uh, entering a position in cryptocurrencies. He's a civil rights officer, the founder of the blockchain consulting company, uh, Cage Chain Media Group co-founder of FanMix LLC and serves as an advisor to the Tau Network blockchain, also sits on the board of North Hollywood-based alt-market cryptocurrency exchange. Uh, Mr. Hubbard had the privilege of testifying before California's Senate Banking Committee on the basics of blockchain and Bitcoin and also served as part of Blockchain Advocacy Coalition in support of California Bills AB 2658 and SB 838, which provide a definition of blockchain under California state law and allowed businesses to transfer equity before distributing ledgers. So we have quite the expert in the house today. I am so excited to have you on the show, Kamal. Welcome. Thanks, Vanessa. I really appreciate you taking time out to have me on the show. Yeah. So aside of your, you know, tremendous expertise and insight and, in, you know, investigations, examination, you know, uh, or fraud examination, cybersecurity. Um, I know just from having talks with you offline that you have a heart for people in our community that are underserved and under-resourced and underrepresented in, uh, in particular in the technology space and your hope, um, you know, at least, from what I what I've heard, I've I've gleaned from our discussions is that um, some of the transformation that we're seeing in these markets is going to help people that have traditionally not had access to find the financial market had access to 
um, to um, to tech. And so I wanted to just tap into that, if you don't mind, and kind of talk about, you know, how have you created this bridge right in your mind and in your heart and and why? What 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 is uh, drawing you to connect with organizations like Love Never Fails? That's a great question. Um, actually, you know, I, after doing research at Stanford, I actually began working in the public sector in um, the area of civil rights. And I'm also a civil rights officer with the San Mateo County Transportation District. So I have an opportunity to work with women and minority small businesses um, on a day to day basis. And um, Last year, with everything going on with uh, the deaths of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and George Floyd, it drove me to write a book that I self-published called uh, DeFi for the Diaspora, or DeFi being short for Decentralized Finance. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people were outraged at what had taken place in something that I saw emerging out of some of these protests were, hey, if uh, Black people and uh, underserved people started buying and using Bitcoin, then some of their problems uh, may start to go away. Um, I didn't necessarily think that was particularly accurate. So what I did was I, it drove me to write this book. And like I said, putting things in historical context, looking at the racial wealth gap, as well as the technology gap that um, black and Latinx uh, communities are, are facing and what we're up against. And so, you know, I wanted to, to tell that story and, um, you know, hopefully be like you said, build the bridge towards knowledge that, you know, things in terms of uh, the economy are moving in a different direction. Uh, automation and jobs uh, are also changing things too. So like jobs are going to be more automated. They're going to be more technical. So there needs to be a, a shift in mindset to where, you know, people need to start getting the skills so they're prepared to be a participant in these new financial uh, protocols. Yeah. And I think that, you know, economic sustainability is a huge part of what LNF, um, you know, has been pushing for. Why? Because we see the instability as a root cause for human trafficking and other types of crimes. And so when you have no means to provide for you and your family and you don't have skill sets and you're working in jobs that are, um, that are not, you know, even, you know, minimum wage jobs or very highly disruptive markets like retail, like, uh, like service industries that are where, you know, artificial intelligence is replacing jobs at an astronomical rate. Um, you begin to kind of see the writing on the wall that these individuals are going to have to have a way to provide for themselves. If they're not being retrained, they're going to fall prey to criminal you know, criminal activities 
many times. And that is something that we're trying to get ahead of. So I, I, you know, I, I love that you're thinking along these lines. Uh, one stat that, um, that uh, I recently read is that 18% of African Americans do not have their unbanked. 18%. And that's compared to um, just your standard Americans, uh, which is 7% unbanked. Why do you think that is that um, African Americans are 18% unbanked? Why is that? Well, a lot of the traditional banking services are, are not available in um, Black communities. So uh, a lot of, of Black people who are at least fall a little bit lower on, um, you know, what they bring in. A lot of those folks are relying on, you know, check cashing agencies or, you know, liquor stores to cash their checks rather than actually going to the banks and and having, you know, traditional banking services. Um, The other thing about this is a lot of those families may be living, you know, under the, the poverty line or mm-hmm. at the poverty line, even though they are bringing in a paycheck, um, these check cashing places are uh, geographically located where, where they are. So um, in, in many instances, the, these folks may be, and these families may be taking public transit. So, you know, when things, uh, these financial agencies are closest to their bus stop or closest to uh, their place of residence, Um, going out of their way to go to a bank with everything else going on, putting food on the table, uh, supervising children and all these other things. Uh, Going to a bank can can be quite a hassle and quite a burden. Yes. Uh, And I don't think that we... um understand the extent to which that is challenging. You know, if you are uh, just to kind of map out a day, right? So let's say you're a single mom of three kids, you're working a minimum wage job where, you know, the employer is kind of like, you, you're you late one or two times, you lost your job. Like there's no grace, there's no work from home, there's no, uh, there's, you know, croissants and fruit and, the, and coffee in the break room type stuff going on. It's like, it's like cracking the whip, be here by nine or else you're out of a job and you're making $15 an hour. So there's no extra like, okay, I'm going to scoop myself over on a Lyft or on an Uber to go and get something, right? I've got to get kids off to school and off to childcare and pop into wherever I can get my money and get on my way to work and do it quickly. And, And so there's a there's these rates that people are chart paying, you know, at these any kind check cashing bank, you know, institutions and, and or they're not banks, but, you know, financial organizations and it, it, it comes at a price. Okay. We got to take a quick break. Um, hopefully you're getting some insight here as to some of the challenges that people are facing. We're going to come back. We're going to hear more from Kamal uh, specifically as it relates about cryptocurrency. So you'll want to come right back. Um, and thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. 
Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Kamal Hubbard, who is a lawyer again by training, certified in fraud examination, cybersecurity, and decentralized finance. He holds a variety of of roles uh, throughout California as a civil rights officer, founder of blockchain consulting companies, um, advisor to Tau Network blockchain, and uh, he's an author. He has uh, been sort of part of an advocacy coalition around blockchain, helping to create some bills uh, which define blockchain here in California. And so, um, and then he also sits on the board of the Northern Hollywood based alt market cryptocurrency exchange. And so lots of um, wonderful insight and, 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 and wisdom here that we're tapping into today. Uh, so, we were just talking about, you know, why there is this sort of disparity and being banked amongst African-Americans in particular, wanted to kind of drill down a little bit more on that. As I mentioned in the last segment, there's this experience that, you know, a single mom might go through or a single dad might go through in, in, in the community. And as you said, the banks are not necessarily present in those communities. And so, you know, let's talk about that. Why aren't the banks present in those communities, Kamal? Uh, well, your guess is as good as mine, but this <laughs> is the historical practice to not invest in um, areas that are predominantly black. And unfortunately, like we spoke on earlier with automation, um, a lot of financial technology is also advancing, uh, especially when it comes to things like uh, the the lending process. So, you know, where uh, black people would go to banks and be turned away um, due to, you know, how they look. Now, if someone picks up an app and wants to get approved for a loan, AI will look at things like your zip code, your last name, all sorts of other factors and will a lot of times automatically reject people. So, um, you know, and all AI is doing is looking at historical data. And if it sees that there's a bias historically against, you know, against black people, all the AI is going to do is to continue on that trend. And that is uh, a very uh, unfortunate bias. And keeping this in mind, once again, this is why I want to get the word out about decentralized finance, because... Uh, what it does is it takes the third party banking and financial institutions and brokers 
out of the equation and it allows for things like savings, lending, borrowing, um, activities that can be done in a peer-to-peer fashion mm-hmm. without those decisions being made by a, a centralized authority once again. Mm. What this also assists in is it helps people to get all the fees that those intermediaries are taking. Mm-hmm. It allows people to recapture those fees. Now, obviously, there are some uh, technical risks and technological issues that also arise, but at the same time too, it will allow most people to get better rate rates than they can at the bank. Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. So, you know, some examples that I've heard about as it relates to AI and bias, right? So you might, I'm sure, you know, there's people out there like, is this really happening? Come on. Is this really, really happening? Um, well, there's logic in built into software, right? There's logic built into you, you fill out a form, you know, online form, and there, there are, there are not people that are making decisions about the preliminary acceptances. You know, yes, we'll approve you for, um, a car loan. Yes, we'll approve you for a savings account or a checking account. And so they're just looking at data. And so I've heard people say the data don't lie. Come on, the data don't lie. So, you know, if someone has poor credit history and they have, you know, maybe they have something on their criminal record and they live in a neighborhood that is, you know, traditionally, you know, high poverty and that neighborhood happens to show a very low rate of repayment and a very high rate of, you know, um, of, um, you know, maybe doing something corrupt with your bank account, you know, and this is, this is the data that people are looking at. Um, then it, there's a decline, right? There's a, there's a, we're not going to accept you. Right. And I think that is where there are these two camps that kind of come into play where there's this one camp that says, well, the data shows the truth. And so you shouldn't have a bank account because you're not, you know, your, your behaviors, haven't demonstrated that you're responsible enough for one. And then there's another group of folks that are saying, yeah, but we're just being just as responsible as a, as anybody else, but we're, you know, all of our challenges are kind of highlighted uh, quickly kind of shined a light on, you know, and, and also there's a lot of systems in place to trip us up and more so than other groups of people. And so, um, you know, what are, you know, what are your thoughts on those two different, because the data is the data, right? But the question is, how did the data get there? And what systems and processes were uh, in place to create that, that, that sort of perspective or that, that data set, right? Because there are things that are happening that creates that kind of data. Does that make sense? Yeah, the, the, no, absolutely does make sense. In doing some research for uh, my book, I looked at banking patterns. And so um, a lot of banks now are acknowledging the fact that they have not, they have acted in discriminatory manner towards, uh, you know, black communities and and other minorities. But um, in particular, you know, obviously the most glaring statistics are against, uh, you know, black communities but then when you look at other banks, black banks in particular, they lend at a higher rate. They 
uh, approve mortgages at a higher rate than um, some of the larger, uh, predominantly white financial institutions. So there appears to be a skew and a bias Mm -hmm. when it comes to those larger banks, as opposed to the black banks who serve their communities. So um, that's something that when people talk about, well, the data is the data, they never bring those issues into account. Well, why are black banks, you know, once again, lending at higher rates than uh, their, their counterparts? Um, so there's, there's never a clear answer in terms of how to answer that. But once again, the data is the data. So there appears to be a discrepancy between lending patterns in black banks and in uh, traditional or white banks. Yeah. So what I hear you saying there is that you, you know, banks that um, are willing to invest in these communities actually find results much different than that, which is predicted based on the data sets. So they find that we actually can lend someone who has some of those markers that, you know, this other kind of bank said, no, you can't lend to them. They'll, they'll default on their loan. If, if someone says, no, we're going to be intentional about, about loaning to this, these populations, the outcomes are much different than forecasted and predicted. And I think those are the, those are some of the challenges. And I see it all the time, Kamal, uh, with the, you know, I'm making investments in people. Um, to people that would otherwise be thrown away, quite frankly. Um, Many of the people that I'm dealing with are homeless, they're trafficked, they're domestic violence. And I've actually had someone ask me, do they even have a high enough IQ to get a job in IT? I mean, literally ask me that straight, flat face, you know, straight face, uh, flat out, this asked me. And I was like, wow, 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 wow. And and it just showed me like um, there is a lack of awareness of how life's difficulties um, impact people and about uh, the a person's ability to prevail despite what they've been through and um, and also how important it is that everybody, and I mean everyone, be given a second chance. All right, we'll be right back. We're going to talk some more. Um, I want to talk a little bit about these uh, these uh, artificial intelligence biases. I have a list that I I just uh, pulled up and I'm like, whoa, I didn't even think about these things. Come on. OK, so and then we're going to get into cryptocurrency. I promise we will. OK, well, we'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. 
Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Kamal Hubbard. Uh, Hugh is a, a leader in the area of fraud investigation or examination, cybersecurity, and decentralized finance and participating in a a variety of boards and leadership roles across the state, uh, talking about things such as cryptocurrency, such as artificial intelligence, and such as, um, you know, decentralizing finance for the purpose of serving underserved and under-resourced community members in a more sort of uh, non-biased way. And so uh, exciting, some of the, just the opening up this conversation, I hope that it's causing people kind of to reflect more more deeply on maybe their own organizational bias, you know, things and processes that, that have been put in place. Um, I, I said during, before the break, one of the things that I've observed in being a, an IT academy, right, is that, you know, as I try to progress people through my process and then it's time for them to get into internships, oftentimes the internship programs are requiring that people be enrolled in four-year university. Well, if you require that, you're, all, you're going to cut out the, the, the large, a large, like almost 80%. Well, you're going to cut out 100% of my students and you'll, you're going to cut out a large portion of African-American and Latino students um, in junior college. Uh, only 6% of junior colleges across California are black and a much lesser percent are uh, black in, um, in four-year university. And then, you know, some, like some, some organizations, they do recruiting specifically from Ivy league uh, schools where only 2% are black. And so you're going to start to see, even though there's more of a 50-50 split when you're talking about gender diversity, when you're talking about ethnic diversity, there's just not that representation. So, um, but going back here, there's this AI. I just wanted to throw a couple of these out. You So I read this now. Women are less likely than men to be shown ads for high paying jobs uh, in Google uh, on when they're doing Google searches. That's an AI bias, right? Um, also, there's a Uber. AI that um, uh, bias that um, kind of moves people away from picking up in certain neighborhoods, right? If there's other opportunities, we'll move you into those other opportunities. So now people in, you know, impoverished areas can't get rides to work. And so are, are there other examples you can, you can um, give Kamal day-to-day examples? Um. Not off the top of my head, you know, I I think the biggest one was or that I was familiar with was the granting of of loans. And, you know, I'm I'm not a AI expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I do know once again that financial technology is leaning heavily on AI and machine learning to uh, make decisions. And and once again, if, if those historic biases are there or, you know, these biases that are coded in as well, it, 
it's doesn't it doesn't help it really doesn't carry out the purpose that artificial intelligence was supposed to make right artificial intelligence is supposed to make non-biased decisions very quickly by taking in large data sets to make those decisions and and once again if there's bias present it doesn't fulfill the purpose of ai mm, yeah so so how does cryptocurrency kind of change the game here as it relates to this bias well you know <laughs> That that is a very complex question. I, I think the the quick and in easy w- way of answering this is that once again, um, cryptocurrencies, these in in digital assets were created to operate in a peer to peer fashion, right? To take mm-hmm. out the third party financial intermediaries or brokers or institutions that historically have have a history of malfeasance and uh, misappropriation of funds. And we can go on and on. I mean, there's, there's good banks out there. There's good bankers out there. But I mean, if we look at the subprime mortgage crisis that took place and the credit crisis, um, those are examples of you know, the industry doing something unethical and very few people being held accountable criminally on a criminal level, being held accountable for it. People's lives were ruined. People's homes were lost. People's livelihoods were taken away from them out of all that. Um, meanwhile, you know, bankers just couldn't continue to do what they were doing. They, they may have lost some money, but not to the extent that the people who were getting approved for zero income loans or uh, variable rate mortgages uh, were affected by that crisis. And that's what brought about cryptocurrencies going through that global crisis and that meltdown. Um, at least that's, that's my conjecture. And, mm-hmm. you know, once again, that's the true spirit of cryptocurrencies. will it allows people to deal with each other in cross-border transactions in a quicker and cheaper manner. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the basis of cryptocurrencies at least. Yeah. So, you know, it was birthed from your perspective out of recognizing, okay, what we got going here is, you know, it's not serving its purpose, right? Um, even though it's a regulated industry, and it's supposed to protect all of, you know, everyone. Um, there's a lot of, um, you know, other scenarios going on that are not, uh, you know, they're not right. And like you said, people aren't being held accountable. So, okay, let's take the intermediary out. Now, you know, I told you, Kamal, I have some serious concerns about uh, the way that cryptocurrency is being utilized to hide or it has been utilized to hide transactions um, specifically as it relates to human trafficking, right? So, um, and you and I talked at length about sort of bad crypto and, you know, and, and you know, above board, right? So how do you contrast that? How do we, how do we know, you know, where to, where to, uh, who to partner with, who to, who to buy, where to go? Well, I mean, uh, I'll say this, you know, uh, once again, uh, I work with Alt Market Incorporated. We're a small uh, U.S.-based 
cryptocurrency exchange, and we strive to do everything above board. So um, check us out at, at alt.market. Um, you know, the association with cryptocurrencies and crime um, comes about because a lot of the early adopters of cryptocurrencies uh, were people who are operating in the dark web. Um, however, you know, over the last several years, there has been an exponential increase in retail investors and retail users of cryptocurrencies, the average person, right? So that's where I think that association comes from with cryptocurrencies being associated with crime. Mm-hmm. And um, according to a chain, chain analysis report, only 2.1% of all cryptocurrency related transactional volume in 2019 was associated with just crime. Um, And so, however, uh, you know, we cannot overlook the fact that cryptocurrencies are being used to traffic um, people and miners. You know, in fact, the, the biggest operators are websites that, you know, traffic in uh, child sexual abuse. And um, these, Sites typically charge between um, ten dollars and fifty dollars in cryptocurrencies, so that people can, you know, interact with these sites, you know, uh, however they choose, which is unfortunate. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Yeah, that's. I mean, that and that's my biggest issue, right? Is like, how do we, um, how do we continue to kind of find? Um, financial tools and systems that empower people and at the same time keep those same people safe. And so um, we will come back. We got to take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about this. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We, again, have been having a great conversation with Kamal Hubbard, who um, is an expert as it relates to cryptocurrency and investigations, um, decentralized finance, 
uh, things of that nature. And so we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about this topic of cryptocurrency because um, it is all the, all the rave. I, I mean, there's a ton of, you know, discussion about it. I actually, so one thing that also concerns me that's happening, especially in impoverished communities, I've seen it happen now multiple times where um, people that want to, you know, they're entrepreneurial and they want to, they want an opportunity to uh, enter, you know, create another revenue stream. And so they're like, I'm going to start selling crypto. Well, there's all these network marketing companies that have now started to form and they are getting a bunch of our low income, uh, unlearned, you know, non-technical folks to get out with their gift of gab, because that one thing I can tell you is that people in the people in the community know how to how to have that talk, right? How to how to run their mouth about something that they think is good, and I think I think it's great, right? That 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 people are learning about it. But what I'm seeing is a lot of scamming that's going on in the inner city as it relates to sell my Bitcoin or get your friends to buy into this or that kind of thing. What are your thoughts on that? What, what can we be saying to people that are in the inner city, uneducated, unlearned? Now this is a, this is a pyramid scheme. What, what should they be doing? Well, yeah, just gathering knowledge. I mean, once again, where I was, um, I came across, in my research, you know, I was conducting research in federal securities litigation um, for quite some time. And I always came across this thing called Bitcoin. And I wanted to know, well, what is it? Is it a security? Is it a commodity? Is it a currency? What is it? So before I invested in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, I spent two years of my own time doing my research. Cause I mean, I come from a compliance background and, and you know, that's what I was taught to do. Um, and part of the reason why I wrote my book is to allow people to kind of get uh, a foundation and understanding and get tips to spot fraud. Um, now, when we talk about the, the amount of criminal activity that's taking place with cryptocurrencies, the vast majority of it is fraud based. Mm-hmm. So it, it is scammers mm-hmm. who are once again, like you said, taking advantage. So since we as a community already face a very high technology gap, that is allows for people to um, basically come in with confidence schemes, right? Con games, based on the lack of education or lack of understanding of how Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies work technologically, right? So that allows people who may know a little bit more than you (laughs) to to get over on you and get over on your confidence. Um, You know, so that is, is very troubling. Um, And, you know, I just, I can't tell people enough to do your own research when it comes to this. I do research every day and I still don't know everything. You know, uh, I've been doing research every day for years now and there's always something new. Um, and you know, there's nothing wrong with trusting your gut. And I've actually on a couple of occasions, you know, when people see me as a certified fraud examiner 
entering into their, you know, spaces, trying to sell these services, mm-hmm. I'll immediately get booted and kicked out. So uh, a friend of mine and business partner of mine, we actually got invited to a group in their group centers around, uh, you know, people in the community as well as veterans. So we went in with the intent of kind of busting this up and exposing Mm -hmm. these people as charlatans. Um, But once they got wind of our background and how we operate, they cut all communication with us. So, um, you know, that's something, like I said, that happens pretty commonly to me when people see my credentials, they're like, Oh, Hey, we're not going to elevate this guy in our, uh, in our organization, get him out of here. And in fact, one person that I do know, uh, from a few years back who I tried to kind of enter his quote unquote circle got, um, investigated by the securities and exchange commission. So, Mm. um, you know, there was some there, there. Yeah. Well, and there's and and there's a couple of books if people wanted to get started. I I noticed there's a Bitcoin for Dummies um, that was launched, I think, in 2016. Uh, There's also a beginner's guide to Bitcoin um, and cryptocurrency investing for dummies uh, that um, that uh, is uh, available on Amazon, $18. And it was. It was uh, launched in March of 2019. So I don't know if you, you know, you have any suggestions like some people maybe, well, how do I start this kind of research? You know, how, how might I look into it? And, and, um, and, you know, we, we don't want to scare people from entering into a, a, it's probably a high risk market, but it's also a high gain market. Right. So we don't want to scare people off and say, well, don't do that. You know, you'll get scammed, you know, but we also don't want to just push people down and say, yeah, you know, Bitcoin. Yeah. It's, it's there's millions of dollars in this. Right. So right. Um, what do you think of those books or do you have any other suggestions? Well, you know, um, there are, are several books. You're, you're very right about this. There's a lot of things online. The tough thing about online is you can't really understand the true veracity of, of some of these online sources. What I attempted to do in my book is talk about the history of money. You know, mm. why do we need money? You know, and how did money evolve from, you know, uh, to, from uh, like rocks, right? And gems, mm-hmm. uh, metals to paper to now it's digital. Why is it mm-hmm. digital? Why is this the direction we're going in? How does it work once again? Um, I wanted to cover that really quickly. I mean, my book is just over a hundred pages, so Mm. we don't have a lot of time, right? When, when facing this racial wealth gap. So I'm trying to get people up to speed as much as possible. Mm. I even dedicated a a chapter into the risks associated with decentralized finance. So whenever you enter this sort of space, that is, like you said, it's high risk. If you understand the risk and you assume the risks, the fear factor does decrease uh, tremendously. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think uh, everyone should uh, check out your book. It sounds great. And um, so we understand sort of the whole 
sort of a historical picture as well. Um, and then, you know, like, like Kamal said, do your research. Um, it's important to know, this is something a lot of people don't know. Um, Bitcoin is a, it's a version, right? It's a flavor of cryptocurrency. It is not cryptocurrency. So just want everybody to kind of be aware of that. So do your research. Um, there are thousands, I think now, uh, types of cryptocurrency now that are out there. They're, 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 they're brands, if you will. So it's important, you know, someone comes at you and, and, you know, they're touting their brand or whatever, do research on their company, just like you would anything else. And I hope down the line that I get to be a part of looking at the fair trade, you know, cryptocurrency kind of creating some visibility as to how this currency um, is being used for good. Um, one of the things that, you know, like you said, these websites like Pornhub being one of them where, you know, PayPal and MasterCard and Visa has dropped them. But yet crypto, some cryptocurrency providers are continuing to transact those 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 uh, transactions that are actually perpetuating the rape of children and the, the selling of children. And so we, hopefully we can establish a safe community of providers that um, really care about the world and want to do what Kamala is talking about. So, okay, we're going to come back. We're going to take a quick um, break. We're going to come back. I'm going to, again, give you a chance, Kamal, to share how they can get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing. And we'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We, again, have been having a great conversation with Kamal Hubbard um, about all things crypto, AI, and uh, empowering underserved and under-resourced community members with education and with financial tools and um, with, uh, with information. And so... I wanted to, Kamal, just thank you for being on the show and also thank you and um, your partners there at Alt Market for taking on a couple of our IT biz students as interns. We so appreciate you. Um, and I actually will have them listen to this uh, recording so they can learn a little bit about what we're doing. But um, just final words from you. And then, of course, how can people get in touch with you? 
Yeah. I want to say thank you, Vanessa, and thanks to Love Never Fails for all the the resources uh, you've presented to us. And um, we have enjoyed working with you guys so far. Um, One thing I do want to say about uh, human trafficking in particular, and the reason why it is still a problem is that it's, it's not being made a priority, you know, in, um, you know, I could name names, obviously there's people in government who aren't making this a priority. There's allegations against a Congress person for, uh, engaging with, with a minor, right? So there it's, it's not being made a priority and that's unfortunate and that needs to change needs to change very soon. Um, but you know, when it comes to what we're doing at Alt Market, we're looking ahead, hopefully in the next year, to instituting peer-to-peer loans for small businesses, black businesses in particular, to allow them uh, to get financing without the need for a credit score. It's not based on geography or anything like that. Um, and so, those are some of the things that we're trying to uh, help out the community with. People who are looking for more information just about and trying to keep up in general with uh, blockchain and cryptocurrencies can go to the Cage Chain website at cagechain.io. We have one of the longest running free weekly newsletters. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also get in touch with me at my website, which is www.kamalrhubbard.com. You can find my book there and uh, more ways to get in touch with me. Um, also, I just got a show with Black USA News or Black News, which is called Black USA Crypto News. In that show, every week we're going to be talking about you know a little bit of news and. Uh, you know, having fun and, and having uh, really cool guests. So uh, those are great ways for people to get in touch. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Kamal. So appreciate you. So um, for all of those who are listening, I um, uh, wanted to just remind you a few of a few things that we have coming up. We, as you know, are celebrating um, my birthday, exciting, on the 19th of June by doing an annual day of giving on, and my birthday just happens to be on Juneteenth. Wow. Isn't that that something? Thank you. So um, growing up, you know, as a as a black and white young lady uh, child, I did not know uh, what Juneteenth was. I did not understand the um, the just the incredible aspect of being born on that day and what that might mean to me here as an adult. And so I think it's really cool that, um, you know, I was able to be born on the emancipation, the day of emancipation, the day of freedom. And so I invite you to join us in our day of giving. Uh, We'll have some social media stuff going on on Love Never Fails fan page on Facebook, on Twitter, Love Never Fails 5, on Instagram, Love Never Fails Us, and and also on our website. So please join us in some way. Um, We also invite you to be part of our Worthy of Love campaign uh, to get your own sign up and make a social media post about why you're worthy of love or why people in the world that are maybe impacted by human trafficking are worthy of love. 
and just get a little hashtag on there worthy of love and get that out there. We're trying to get everybody involved in this movement. So please join us for that. Uh, we also are doing our outdoor community store. Um, our uh, We've taken our store from 22580 Grand Street and moved it into the parking lot of 22110 um, Montgomery Street in Hayward every Saturday from 1 to 7 p.m. And uh, we have furniture, we have clothing, we have jewelry, we have purses, we have all kinds of stuff. So please come out 1 to 7. And if you want to make a donation, you can do that on Fridays at our original store location, which is 22580 Grand Street, also in Hayward. And um, you can make that donation um, uh, of clothing. Uh, you can make that um, from 10.30 to 6 p.m., on Fridays. All right. Well, hopefully you had a great time today. And of course, if you haven't heard it before, if you need to hear it again, we want to end the show by making sure you know that you are loved. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com by liking and sharing our Facebook page Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up a chance.